Welcome to Real Talks, The Realtor Life. This is where we talk to real agents about their story and their journey in real estate. We'll discuss their beginnings, their struggles, and their ultimate successes. We peel back the layers and deliver a behind-the-scenes conversation that you, the listener, can find inspiration. My name is Nick Niaxi, and my intention is to share the authentic realtor life. Hi, everyone. This is Nick Niaxi with Real Talks, The Realtor Life, and this is episode 10, and this episode is a very, very special episode. I'm here with Malcolm Hasman, arguably the most famous and successful realtor in all of Vancouver in the last 25 years. Malcolm, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Nick, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm looking forward to uh, having this discussion with you, telling you my story, and uh, thank you for the invitation. Absolutely. And um, a lot of people have been looking forward to having you on the show. You have been probably the most requested person to be interviewed on the show. And again, thank you for in this Christmas season for joining me. So, um, Mal, I just wanted to ask you first, um, how long, how many years have you been in the business and what type of markets ha- market have you focused on your, in your career? Well, Nick, I've been in the business a long time and, uh, I got into the real estate business in 1984 and, uh, back in those days, uh, the industry was totally different to what it is today. And, um, I got into the business through unique circumstances. I was actually moving to, to Newport beach to sell luxury cars. And it was my mother that said to me, Malcolm, I want you to stay for a couple of years and try the residential real estate business. And that's how I got into the business. But I always wanted to be a luxury real estate agent. If it couldn't be luxury automobiles, I wanted it to be luxury properties and houses. So that's how I basically got into the business. And um, that would have been around 1984. Fantastic. And so your, your, your mother pushed you and directed you into the business and asked you to give it a chance. And obviously, that was a great decision in your business. I mean, you've sold how much real estate now in your career? Well, I've lost track, but I've sold close to 3,000 properties. And uh, as far as a dollar figure, I've got no idea. But it, it's well in excess of $2 billion. I'm pretty confident of that. It was my mother's direction. And she put me, she recommended I go into the real estate business. I did. I took my license. I started with a company called uh, Block Brothers in West Vancouver. And uh, I may have told you this story before. I was only there one week. And I went down to uh, pick up a key to show a property. And I went down to a company called Bell Realty. Mm-hmm. And uh, in those days, I was using my mother's older car. And she'd give me the car and $50 a week for gas money and lunch money. And there I went down from Block Brothers to Bell Realty, and when I got to the back parking lot to park the car, I saw this brand new red Porsche Turbo, and next to it was a brand new Mercedes-Benz convertible. And the whole parking lot was full of gorgeous cars, and I thought to myself immediately, we don't have any cars like this where I'm working. Mm -hmm. So... I just knew immediately I was working at the wrong office. So when I went in, I had the pleasure of meeting who is my partner today, Alan Angel. And uh, I spoke to him, and uh, basically, long story short, uh, I left Block Brothers that day, and I started with Bell Realty. And uh, it was the greatest move I made in real estate. Within 52 months of joining that company, which was the beginning of my real estate career, I was honored by the Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver 
as the number one real estate agent in West Vancouver in both dollar volume and units. And that was around 1989. I think it took about 50, 52 months from the day I started to the day I was awarded that top realtor designation. Wow. That is that is success in a short term, but that's um, in a short period of time, but that's a, that's evident of your drive. I mean, you 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 work what was your work ethic like in your first years? Well, when I got into the business, I had a lot of early success. Everybody gets into the business and their parents have friends and people you know and and I got a few listings, but those that's easy business. You have to really find your way to be successful on your own. And uh, but I can tell you from the beginning, very, very quickly, I absolutely loved the business. I was driven. I had this incredible ambition to be the number one real estate agent in West Vancouver. That's all I really cared about. I couldn't wait to work. I worked all day. Mm-hmm. I couldn't wait when I got home to go, to go to bed, to go to sleep, to get up in the morning and go back to work. I did it probably for three years without a day off. And that's how I was driven. I, I was just totally taken with the industry. And I had a dream. And my dream was to be the number one real estate agent in West Vancouver. Wow. That is quite, that's quite the story. And I want to dig into that a little bit more, if that's okay with you. Go ahead. So our audience is primarily a lot of young realtors who are starting off and they take, they take um, notes and they take nuggets of gold from what we talk about. And so when you first started, what was something that worked with you really well to to sort of just the amp up your success like you did. So back in those days, Nick, much of what I'm going to say is pretty obvious. Okay. We didn't have all the avenues of marketing yourself. There was no real branding. Uh, there was obviously no social media. We didn't even have a cell phone. We had no fax machines when I got into business. That, and that's back in the mm-hmm. mid to late eighties. Right. Mm-hmm. So we got in the business in those days to be successful. You had a telephone, you had open houses, and you had yourself. You had yourself. So you had to be driven to find that business. There was no multi-marketing. There mm-hmm. was no apartment buildings with 600 units and these type of things. When you took a listing, that listing was one single listing. So just to give you an idea, in 19, and you asked me what I did, mm-hmm. it, it, it's similar to what I do now, but back in the 1980s. So mm-hmm. for example... By 1989, when I was becoming the top real estate agent, uh, Business in Vancouver was a top magazine, and they asked to put me on the cover. So, of course, I said yes, right? So I went on the cover of the magazine, and I sat myself on my brand-new red convertible Porsche twin turbo. And the headlines on the magazine were outrageous modesty, secrets of top real estate agent Malcolm Hasman. Mm-hmm. But I knew... That magazine from talking to the magazine company had such a small distribution in West Vancouver. Mm -hmm. So here's Marketing 101. I bought 18,500 copies of that magazine, and I put one in every single mailbox in West Vancouver. And that year, primarily through not just the magazine, but the magazine was a huge, huge um, push. That year, I sold 114 houses in West Vancouver in 1989. Now, there's no project marketing there, Nick. Mm -hmm. We're not talking going downtown and selling 18 units at the Telus building or something like that. Mm -hmm. We're talking 114 signs on the end of a property 
open houses, agents opens, and everything that goes with one single sale. That record not only has never been met again since 1989, nobody has ever even come close to 100 sales in West Vancouver. So that's a record that I set in 1989. And in February of 1990, right after the new year, I can remember I sold 17 houses in one single month. I made the medallion club in one month. Wow. That's incredible. And to give people context about the West Vancouver market, this year we'd be very lucky to break 330 sales. That's correct. And I sold 114 in, in one, one year. year. And my career, after the magazine came out, you know, once I was the number one realtor in West Vancouver, there was no looking back. I stayed the number one realtor right till I believe they basically ended the MLS designations around 2000. And uh, so that's that was how my ambition. And as we got into the 90s, the technology changed and cell phones and the emails. and we. But, but the basic business principle, my ambition never changed. Once I became number one, all I wanted to do was stay number one. Right. And the stay number one, it's, it's, a, it's tough enough to become number one, but the stay number one is another feat because now you're a target. That's correct. And you have a lot of good competition as well in West Vancouver, sophisticated agents. Well, what I found, and what I found is that a lot of real estate agents that were coming up were watching me, and it's no different today. You see it today as well. But basically, what was happening was that everybody was molding their brand around my brand. And basically, so for example, you know, I went to Black Signs, which was unique. Mm -hmm. Back in those days, the Remax signs were red and the Sussex signs were blue. Mm -hmm. I wanted a more sophisticated look. So I created that look. I was the first person to do a designated branded signature, Malcolm. Mm -hmm. Today, there's 200 realtors that do that, many of them in West Vancouver. So you find your own brand. You find what works best for you. But you must keep evolving and changing that brand because the competition is always catching up to you. Mm -hmm. So you have, you have the ability, you have the vision to innovate towards a luxury market. You do. I mean, we see it every year. Little little tweaks in your business plan, little how you present a property. But you know, you can innovate and spend money. But the thing that you do that people may not realize is that you're very hands-on. It doesn't matter if it's a staging appointment or or if it's a photo shoot or a, or a video shoot. You're there. That's just the way I am. I'm eccentric about my detail. Uh, whether it's my exclusive magazine, whether it's my photo shoots, whether it's my videos, whether it's my exclusive events, it's very easy to designate other people to look after those things. But I'm like the producer. I'm absolutely eccentric. And, and I'm not always happy to say this to you, but if other people do it, it doesn't meet my standards. Right. And, and, and so I like to make sure that everything is done exactly the way I want it done, especially when it comes to representing and promoting my brand in the luxury market. To me, that is very, very important. So you've spent 25 years to innovate your brand. What type of clientele have you attracted? Well, that's another story, but I can tell you, I have met through my business the most incredible people. 
And that doesn't mean the wealthiest people. Right, absolutely. I am just as happy meeting incredible people selling a condominium for 950000 as I am selling a property for three, four million. Of course, Nick, there's nothing more exciting. There's nothing more incredible than when you're successful or you're building up your success to get a 10, 20, 30, 40, and even a $50 million listing. Yeah. Okay. Even that still excites me after all these years. But the key, the key to success, it doesn't really matter whether it's a five or a $1 million listing or a 50. You have to have the same attitude, the same connection with the people, and you have to treat all your business the same. But to answer that question, and I went slightly off track, I have met some incredible global leaders, not just top business people in Vancouver. I have clients that are globally business icons and legends. And has that been interesting? Has that been incredible? Absolutely. Yes, it has. And when I look back many, many years from now, that's going to be something that I look back on and remember very well. Yeah. And and you have, um, there's some interesting stories amongst that recognition that, you know, that we've talked about in the past. Would you like to share one of those stories regarding, you know, you know the may or may not have purchase? You mean some of the great moments of my career? That's right. Okay. The, the, big, the big sales. Um, or the, I can remember when I sold my first million-dollar listing on right. Southbrook, and it was a great client, uh, uh, the Stringer family, and they had been clients of mine for years, and they gave me my first million-dollar listing, and I can remember that, and I bumped into uh, that client a number of times in the past 10, 15 years, and we always discuss it. Um, there's been some incredible moments in, in, in 2005. Uh, in June, I sold the most expensive home in Canadian history on Radcliffe Avenue for $18 million. And I sold it to uh, one of my biggest clients in the mining business. Uh, globally, just uh, an icon of the mining industry. But if, here's a, a neat little story for you. The media wanted to know who I'd sold it to. And there were rumors that uh, Brian Adams had bought the property. And there were rumors that other people had bought the property. But somebody on the media had heard that Oprah Winfrey had bought the property. So I got a telephone call uh, from BCTV News. And I'm driving in my car. And I got a telephone call. And it said, Malcolm, we'd like to speak to you about this property sale. And I said, look, I cannot discuss it. I'm under client confidentiality. And they said, Malcolm, we're just going to ask you one question. Will you confirm or deny that Oprah Winfrey has bought the house on Radcliffe Avenue? And I said, I will not confirm it and I will not deny it. I cannot make any comment. And that night I'm sitting down watching the news with my family. And Tony Parsons, who was the newscaster at the time, came on and he said, when we come back after the break, top real estate agent Malcolm Hasman does not deny that Oprah Winfrey is the buyer of the $18 million house on Radcliffe <laughs> Avenue. And that's when I learned how to deal with the press and the media. That was 2005. But that sale was the biggest sale in Canadian history. It was on CNN. The press from my business and the branding and the press that I got from that sale was just absolutely enormous, but not as enormous as the sale that I did to the... Uh, a royal family from Dubai when I sold the Fairmont penthouse. And that was another sale that just went totally national, made the news, tremendous publicity, 
for myself, for my brand, and garnered me a lot of new listings in Coal Harbor at the time. Absolutely. And I think, I believe that is still the highest price condo sale in, in all of Canada. I think you're right on that, Nick. I'm not sure. I mean, they have some of these exclusive sales and they say they achieve these prices, but I'm not sure. On an MLS or what was the MLS, Paragon, there, I do not believe no. anyone has achieved $4,000 per square foot today. And that was back in June of 214. If you think about it, it's almost five years ago. That's right. And then you also have another iconic sale that was on the west side, if you want to talk about that one. Okay, well, that was another sale. And um, <clears throat> I'd known that seller from the beginning of my career. One of the most successful people in the internet gaming industry. And uh, many people know the story there, and I'm not going to get into any details on an interview. One of the most successful clients that I have, I've had some incredible clients, but this particular person, one of the most likable and successful people, and I had this opportunity uh, to list his house, not on MLS, on an exclusive basis. And we put it on the website. I sent it out to a client base and, and, and the top agents within the city. And I listed a house, as you know, in Point Grey for $58 million. That was absolutely, uh, in 2013, absolutely unheard of. But this house, I truly believed it, and it's the way that I marketed it. If this house would have been outside of London, England, it would have been 100 million pounds. If this house would have been outside of New York in the countryside, it would have been 100 million US. And I could say the same if it was in Beverly Hills or Bel Air or somewhere in California. To have this property at 58 million Canadian, I used to say to the buyers, I told the buyers, and these are sophisticated high net worth buyers, it is the best priced most realistically priced listing that I actually have. And they would look at me like, how can that be? It's $58 million. But when you stood back on the property, 1.5 acres, and you looked at what this property was, it actually looked like it should be 85 to $100 million. Mm -hmm. Anyway, after 35, 40 showings and four or five offers, marketing the property, a buyer appeared, and it was in the media, as you know, mm -hmm. and it sold for $51.8 million. And uh, I woke up about a week later, and somebody had delivered me a copy of the South China Post from uh, Asia. And there was a picture of me on the cover with the buyer on the cover, and I was pretty proud of that moment. That's, that's incredible. And, but a really good takeaway is, here is that you're marketing your properties at this level and you are comparing value to all over the world to, from what you understand real estate. Well, that's right, Nick. And, and I think that is really, really, really important. There has been so much said about how expensive Vancouver is. But people misunderstand that completely. Mm -hmm. The news media don't actually give a clear picture to the average person. Okay, Vancouver is very expensive on a median price level. If you're, if you're trying to buy a medium price home for, I don't know what that is today, one five or one eight or a condominium or a townhouse for you know, 800 to 1.2, it is very expensive. But when it comes to luxury real estate, the kind of luxury real estate that I see when I'm in Los Angeles, the kind of luxury real estate that I see when I'm in London, England, the kind of luxury real estate that I see 
in many big cities of the world, whether it's mm -hmm. Hong Kong or Sydney or Singapore, yeah. our prices, even in our high end, even if you look at the Penthouse 2 at the Fairmont that I'm selling now that I'm marketing for $30 million, that is a fraction of the price it would be in any one of those cities around the world. So that's my feeling on that. I don't believe Vancouver is overpriced, not in the luxury market, but is very high priced in the median market. Mm -hmm. those, are, those are actually very, very good points. A neat perspective um, in, in, uh, in real estate now, and I, and I can't uh, disagree with that analysis at all. Um, and, uh, but you've created more than just your brand. You've, you've built a brokerage and a very boutique high-end brokerage. Talk about that. Well, let me tell you how the brokerage started. Okay. And, uh, there was a company called Bell Realty, and I worked with, who is my partner today, Alan Angel, and, uh, and he had other partners, and he came to me one day. And you have to know the relationship I have with Alan Angel. We have virtually very nothing in common. Alan <laughs> golfs. I don't golf. And, uh, Al, Al, you know, we, we just, we don't have a personal relationship, but we have this spectacular respect for each other and how we conduct our business. So Alan asked me to be a partner, and we decided to call the company Angel Houseman and Associates. Mm -hmm. And I said to Alan, look, I want to have a sophisticated, high-end luxury brand. If you let me design the signs and the branding and, and the whole conceptual idea of what we're going to do, and promise me that you will only bring in a luxury brand of real estate agents and a group of people that are full-time, sophisticated, successful people. That is what I wanted to do. Kind of less is more. I did mm -hmm. not want a company with 300 people. I wanted an amazing company with 60 people. Anyway, what we have today has turned out, to, well, I think we're 21 or 22 years into this company. We, in my opinion, Angel Hasman, uh, is a, it's recognized all across Canada. I mm -hmm. know that because people in Toronto and Montreal and across Canada uh, contact me and they tell me how they know about Angel Hausman and Associates. If there ever was a, if there ever was a Los Angeles, LA company in Vancouver, I'd like to believe that is us. Mm -hmm. That is us. I see the way that they market real estate in, in California and particularly Los Angeles. That is what I always wanted for Angel Hasman and Associates. And you can see that in the videos that not only I, but everybody in the company at Angel Hasman does today. Mm -hmm. You can see that in the photography that we do at Angel Hasman for our clients. <laughs> and just the general way that we market real estate, the general way that we present ourselves, it's a very sophisticated and enormously successful company. Absolutely, it I'm is. Very, very proud of that, Nick. I know you are, and <laughs> and and I know how hard it is to get to even get an interview to be a part of the company. This is one of the brokerages where I think you turn away, you know, exponentially more agents than you accept. Well, we we do that in a sophisticated way. We want people that. Not just want to buy, not just want to sell real estate. It doesn't matter how much real estate you sell. Basically, it's the way you present yourself, how you reflect on our brand, Angel Hausman. You know, Nick, I look at you and and your Neasco Deno team. You're the exact perfect fit 
for what we are. And you're not alone. There's others. You know, this company is made up of a group of people. There is nobody at Angel Hasman that I'm not proud works for my company. And I don't. I would not disagree with that at all. That we have some very talented realtors with great ambition that hold the brand to the level that you've you've created with with Alan. There's no doubt. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's another thing I'll just tell you. Every top, I was once asked to do uh, these breakfasts called Breakfast of Champions to Young Realtors, and this is going back a few years. And I and I sat at the top of a stage once with six or seven or eight top agents. And, and I thought to myself, we are all so different. All eight realtors or whatever, how many there was on the stage, mm-hmm. none of us were really the same. We all had our own style. We all had our own personality. But the one single common denominator that we all shared was respect for our clients and a work ethic to succeed in the industry. And work ethic to all the top agents is showing up every single day and it doesn't there's no nine to five in this business you work until it's done and you work harder after the builder more business is that correct well i think what happens in this business nick is that most people you know look at real estate agents and they say oh they work seven days a week and they work 15 hours a day you have to be able to say to yourself it doesn't work like that okay even today when i'm in a work mode when i'm in town i can work 12, 14, I can be at the computer, I can be on the telephone, I can be talking to a client. My business is not a work day. Mm-mm. My success in real estate is a lifestyle. So when I want to get away from that lifestyle, if I've just sold a house or two and it's raining, you know what I do, Nick. I get on the plane with my family or whoever's available in my family. <laughs> You know, we have a home in Los Angeles. I get away for two, three days. I can be totally in contact with my business. Same time zone. I can come back if needed. But if I can get to Los Angeles for one or two days, two lunches, two dinners at my favorite restaurants, a walk in Santa Monica, lunch at Nobu in Malibu, I need two, two and a half days. If I can have more, even better. But this business is no longer about nine to five. This business is a lifestyle. And unless, especially as a young real estate agent, if you're not willing to take that on, you're never, ever going to be successful in real estate in a long term. It's a lifestyle. You have to be on every time you go into a restaurant. Someone's going to recognize you, right? and, and And the more successful you become, I can walk into a restaurant in West Vancouver And I may know 20% of the people in that restaurant on any given night, but I can promise you 90% of the people in the restaurant know who I am. So you have to be prepared for that lifestyle of being a luxury real estate or just a real estate agent and being successful. You have to have that 24-7. Agreed. And if you want to turn it off, go away for two days. But when you're in your game, when you're in your city... You have to be 100% on all the time. There's no breaks. But but that being said, it's not a burden. It's fun. It is fun. And it's exciting. It's exciting. And listen to this. And this is something. And if I don't say it now, I'll forget to say it later. I am so proud of my success. I enjoy it every single day. The day I stop enjoying it 
is the day I don't come back from Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. So we have a lot, like I said, we have a lot of young realtors that are very motivated. Mm-hmm. And, and the first two years of most careers are the most difficult in real estate. That's right. Right. Yes. So is there any, are there any, any bit of advice that you would give somebody now of what they should be doing to help create their success? Well, there's a basic, first of all, there's about three, there's three answers to that question. Okay. Okay. One of them, you have to immense yourself in product knowledge. Okay. You have to know what you're talking about. If you want to ever be in the luxury real estate business, very few people make their money winning the lottery. Most people make it being smart, being in business. There are those that inherit their money, but they're generally well-educated and they are extremely smart in business. So you have to have product knowledge. You have to be able to understand the business reasoning behind why to buy now, why to buy later, how you compare this property to other properties. People are very impressed, especially if you're young. Especially if you're young. You can impress people with your product knowledge. Secondly, 24-7. You have to dress for success. That's just the way it is. You know, when you're myself or whatever, I can climb out of my Bentley and my jeans and my bubble jacket and my Armani glasses and a nice watch and shoes. (laughs) People know it's me. Mm -hmm. But when you're young, younger and you're trying to build your brand, you have to dress for success. And here's an interesting short story. Okay. I said to Michael, who works with me for the past five years, and we were at home in the rain last week. Let's go to the new West Vancouver Earls for lunch. And he comes down in his jeans and his bubble jacket because we didn't have any appointments that lunchtime. Right. I said, Michael, go get dressed in your suit and your white shirt. You don't need a tie. Dress for success. You're young. You want to look successful. And you want to look like you're part of my brand. Right? Right. So Earls is just full of people at lunchtime. You must always, particularly when you're young, dress for success. And that's one of the things around Angel Hasman. You see every single day. You have to look successful. I've said something many, many, many times to young realtors. Okay? And it's very important. And Nick, you'll, you'll laugh. You'll, re- you'll recall this. When you're young and you're not successful, you have to look successful. Mm-hmm. It's not... Right. What do I always say to people? It's not how successful you are. It's how successful people think you are. And that's so important. Now, when you become successful, that's totally different. They know you are. But when you're young, you have to look successful. You've got to market your brand in a successful fashion. And you have to have the product knowledge to impress people. And I will not never forget that eight years ago when, when I joined Angel Hasman, when you told both DJ and I that exact story and we listened. Mm-hmm. At that moment, at that point forward, we wore a suit two, three years straight. Right. Well, you and DJ have done it absolutely spectacular. All the success that you have in your career now, the both of you deserve. And as your years mature along with your success, other young realtors will look to you. And so you deserve your success. I'm proud of you. Appreciate it. I am Thank so you. proud of having you and Nick and your whole team at my company. Thank you. We, we all appreciate being here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and 
would you a lot of lot of um a lot of uh discussion has come up from other agents about mentorship is you know do you believe in finding the right mentor to help teach you so you so the direction you need to go um in order to be successful did you look up to realtors or did you find it yourself i didn't have that and and everybody needs a different thing right right you know i was given this gift of being able to talk to people that was my gift and i had this ambition because i never came from particularly a highly wealthy family so i had this ambition because you know, instead of being given a BMW when I got out of high school or out of university, I had to buy a car for three hundred dollars. Right? right. So I used to. I can remember Nick and I just say this to you about, and I'm just jumping off the the topic a little bit. I spent years when I was sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, you know, looking through car showrooms, dreaming of one day, not expecting my parents to buy it for me. Mm-hmm. We live in a different world of massive wealth and second generation wealth today. Mm-hmm. Young people today, many of them, particularly where we are in our luxury market, Mm -hmm. get a massive head start. I came from nothing. I had no university education. I had no business education. I just had these instincts, what I wanted, and an ambition and a drive to succeed. So when it comes to mentorship, to answer your question, some people need mentorship. And it's a highly discussed kind of thing. way of getting into the business but at the end of the day no matter what mentorship you have you have to have a drive to want to succeed on your own and that comes from within yeah i i don't know if it's in your genes or your boy it comes from within i had it it's my gift i wanted it and and i have a, a a neat way of explaining where i get that from and it's very important and i've said this to you a number of times nick and just kind of off topic but if you look at professional sports you look at Beckham he came from a very poor family he said his mother had to walk up to the top of the street and bring him home at midnight he was the only person on the field kicking goals into the goal Mm -hmm. all by himself he had nowhere to go and if you look at the basketball and you look at sports and name me one rock star that comes from a wealthy family Mm -hmm. there's very few if any Very few. So you have to have, it's much easier if you have absolutely nothing to become immensely successful. If you get into the business and your family's giving you 10, 20 listings and your relatives are giving you 20 listings, you're never really going to understand what it takes to actually compete for a listing, to actually have somebody say, no, I'm sorry, I'm going to give it to the other realtor. If you don't have disappointment, you can never be number one. You, that's the only way it works, right? You have to be able to grasp new business, not easy business. When I first got into the business, I used to say, and it goes back to this, what you're asking me. If one of my family's friends gave me a listing, that was free business. Real business is when you have to go out with people you've never met before in your life. They don't know anything about your family, and you have to compete to get that business. Until you master that element of success, you'll never take it all the way. And whoever's listening right now, that is incredible information. Real business and free business. Free business. 
free business. That is an amazing take. I've never heard that yet, but it, I resonate with that one thousand percent. So, young realtors, listen to this, right? Every time you get a you get a listing from a family member, you did nothing. They may as well have handed you a commission in an envelope. That's free. That's free. Go do an open house, meet a client, let them tell you they've worked with another realtor for the last five years, and then go see if you can get their listing. And if you can get their listing, then you can tap yourself on the back, have a glass of champagne, and say to yourself, I actually competed, and I got that listing because they believed I was a better real estate agent. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Incredible. Okay. Um, it's hard to ask you this question, but what are your aspirations moving forward? Well, first of all, <clears throat> I cannot believe where all the years went. But Nick, I'll tell you something, and I've said it around the office. It's the young people and the dynamics of the young people around the office that give me, not all, but a lot of my energy that I have. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it. I just love the way they're all dressed and the energy and the way they market their properties. And, and uh, I've said that people always say to me, Malcolm, I've learned so much from you. But you have no idea sometimes how much I learn from the people around me and particularly the young people. And the motivation they give me is incredible. Look, I've got Michael working with me. Mm-hmm. I've still got my dad working with me after 33 years. I've got Max now, my younger son working with me. I'm still enjoying it. It's been a challenging market. But as you know, Nick, I've done very well in a challenging market. That's a sign of real success. Anybody can make a lot of money selling real estate when everything is selling in a boom market. But if you can market properties and make those sales in a market like we're in today, that's what's going to carry you a long way if you're a young real estate agent today. So if you ask me what keeps me going, I enjoy it. I'm proud of my success. I'm not ready to give it up just yet. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. So we'll, we're going to end off with one question that I ask everybody on the show. And that yeah. question is, um, <laughs> what single piece of advice would you give your younger self on day one uh, when starting your own business? Knowing what I know now. Knowing what you know now. On day one. On day one. Oh, follow your dreams. Work hard. It's much, much easier to work hard when you're younger and establish your success at a young age. Don't leave yourself. You know, it depends what age you get into the business. But if you get into the business in your 20s, it's just so much easier to be successful by 35 that it is to get into the business at 35 with commitments and you know mm-hmm. relationships and everything that go with that and try to be successful by 45, 50. The whole, your whole life seems long in front of you when you're 25, but before you know it, you're 35 and 45, it goes very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. This business of real estate is a wonderful lifestyle. It's given me everything and my family that I could have ever dreamed of. Um, I would recommend it to anybody But it only works if you achieve what you're trying to achieve. And if you want to be successful, if you look up to people like myself and and Nick, you and DJ and all the other young people today, right? If you look up to those that are successful, 
the only way you're going to catch them or achieve that success yourself is through hard work. There's no easy way around it. You have to work hard. You have to work smart and all the things we discussed, but it's a big commitment. There is no easy way to get to the top. Agreed. I agree. And on that note, everybody, that's Malcolm Hasman. And you can follow Malcolm Hasman on Instagram, at Malcolm Hasman, and you will see... um, You'll see the type of real estate that he sells. And you can also visit Malcolm Hasman on his website, malcolmhasman.com. I suggest everybody go view his website. It's one of the most highly trafficked websites in Vancouver for luxury real estate. And Malcolm, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure, and I'm sure everybody's going to have a lot to talk about. Nick, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me, and uh, I've really enjoyed this. So thank you.